Welcome to Zero Knowledge. I'm your host, Anna Rose. In this podcast, we will be exploring the latest in zero knowledge research and the decentralized web, as well as new paradigms that promise to change the way we interact and transact online. For this week's episode, we have something a little out of the ordinary. Recorded near the end of the Amsterdam DevConnect week, Guillermo, Tarun, Brendan, and I jumped on the podcast for a spontaneous and pretty chaotic conversation. We do not stick to the script and manage to explore how blockchain and AI thinking differs, where it might intersect, how science could benefit from more adversarial testing, why peer review is broken, math theory stuff, and lots of random odds and ends. We may or may not have been drinking while recording this episode, so you'll have to listen to find out. But before we kick off, I just want to highlight the ZK Jobs Board, which is a spot where you could find a new gig working directly with ZK Tech. And I specifically want to highlight one job post, which would have you working with my team over at the ZK Validator. We are right now looking for a junior researcher who is interested in exploring and writing about ZK, proof of stake, general meta blockchain topics, and ways these intersect with privacy. Ideally, you'd have some technical background because we do want to go deep on these topics. So if this sounds like something you would be interested in, check out the job ad and get in touch. Now I'll let Tanya, the podcast producer, share a little bit about this week's sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Zcash Community Grants. Zcash Community Grants is a grants program within the Zcash ecosystem that funds projects that advance the usability, security, privacy, and adoption of Zcash. Their primary areas of focus include wallets, core and security, interoperability, Zcash apps, ongoing services, education, ecosystem, and community. With that said, they also welcome novel ideas outside of these areas of focus. Zcash community grants are huge about inclusivity, and the grants committee will also consider grants of all sizes, from individual hobbyists to large organizations that build on or contribute to increased integration of Zcash. Previously awarded grants have ranged in size and scope from a $3,000 grant all the way to a $1.2 million grant. To apply for a Zcash community grant and contribute towards the development of the Zcash protocol, visit the Zcash Grants Hub at zcashgrants.org. That's zcashgrants.org. You can find the link in the show notes. So thank you again, Zcash Community Grants. Now here's a DevConnect chat with Anna, Tarun, Guillermo, and Brendan. We're here during a, should we still call it blockchain weeks? I don't know what they are. Whatever, weeks full of conferences in various cities. Currently, the city that we're in is Amsterdam. Uh, I think I, I'm actually on day seven or eight. Oh, nice. Okay. And it is a marathon, not a sprint. Eight, you went to the Cosmos thing. I put on the Cosmos thing yeah, oh, on Friday. Oh, do it. <laughs> and uh, I feel like these weeks are incredibly fun. You meet a lot of people. It's great. But it's also like there's this battle for sleep and not losing your voice mm. and trying, it's like you're trying to get around a city you're not familiar with. So there's like a lot of logistical thinking and yet you're zoned out and it's really hard. So I do feel like every time I go on one of these adventures, it is an adventure and it, it is hard actually. There's like, a, it's, a, it's an, you know, there's a journey that we're going through. So I do wonder, Guillermo, how, at what point of the journey are you right now? I am. Cause you're in, long, you're six days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, six days is like kind of a weird lie, right? Because, um, I, I feel like it's the, the flight here and with the delay, I feel like I, I don't know if time has gone faster or slower because of like my brain being turned into a mush by the time zone change. That's the other thing that it gives you is yeah, the jet lag. That's right. Add a little dollop of jet lag and much too much alcohol. <laughs> what do you have? <laughs> this bunch. <laughs> uh, yeah, just to say the least. That's one way of putting it. <laughs> what about you? 
Um, Where are you at on your journey? I've been to like too many of these lately. But one thing I will say that I I think is um, maybe uh, an observation that seems positive for the Ethereum ecosystem is, I say this in jest, but it it does seem to be quite true, which is the more hackathons that happen, the more that actually any protocol development gets done. It feels like people need to have hackathons to actually, and like there's like almost one every two weeks now. So they really want to get the merge done. This is is quite spicy. Yeah, that's true though. I mean, I feel like it's a hundred percent true. They get everyone in the same place. And they, they're and not they, like a company, right? And they it's get like them so, building with the tools mm-hmm. that are there. Fair enough. I mean, that's what was really missing, I think, over the last few years. Well, I think so. that's the difference between like VC chains and organic chains, right? Is like they have to keep having conferences, whereas like, you know, more corporate like blockchains end up not having to do that because they have like corporate OKRs <laughs> and right. stuff, right? Like it's like, like a normal company. So middle management for a VC chain. <laughs> <laughs> Hackathons are a form of middleware. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what about you? What at what stage of the journey are you? Uh, so I had a bad week because I procrastinated uh, preparing a talk that I had to do on the first day that I was here, or the mm. second day, and so I like stayed up really late, and so I, I just never had a shot. At, at, <laughs> no, at it was game over for you from the beginning. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's I mean it's been good, but but also bad. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think. What I what I think we can start to explore is like what what have you been up to this week? Like what are the things that have happened? We can start easy. What are the events that you went to? You kind of remember those, yeah. Uh, let's start with like what are the events? Maybe some of the folks, and then let's go into some of the ideas. Oh no! So what are the events that you've been to? Tarun, you want to want to go or ahead spoken first? Spoken at or enjoyed this. I mean, Tarun he's is like a literally like he, approximately like 70 events. And at each event, he's given like three talks. Is the each. face because you don't like the question or you can't remember? Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think, um, the events have been interesting. I didn't really actually go to the main event, like the actual hackathon, but, uh, I think the campus off, Whatever I don't know how the to, side like chain events uh, were pretty interesting. There's definitely a lot of people at them. You know, I I don't think I heard too many new ideas. To be honest, oh. I feel like it was a lot more. You know, I think a lot of stuff that was like coherent. It you know, I think if you're a new person in the space, it was probably really educational. You would have learned a lot. I think MEV Day was actually probably the best organized event I've gone to perhaps ever in crypto i thought it was like really well put like professionally put on that's because you didn't go to ck summit yeah uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean i knew i was i was walking into this one that's why i was like oh you're like oh do you what what do you want to talk about oh talk about every event other than the one related to this podcast that we can lend base to you that's right that's how it is i I think that's actually exactly what it was so tarun didn't make it to the zk summit but i think the the reason being is that there was another event on the same day that asked tarun to speak like three times (laughs) which meant he could not leave that space oh right and i my bad was I should have been way more communicative with you about the date. Like, I, I, I think you knew it was happening, but I wasn't like, this is the date you have to be here. And so I'm sorry, actually, because I really wanted right. you to be there. It's all right. Um, everything is chill. <laughs> uh, I think that, I, like I said, I kind of feel like I didn't get, and maybe maybe ZK Summit was the one place there was lots of new stuff, but I do feel like the some of the other conferences, I feel like were more about bringing in new developers than it was about, say, like some new kind of crazy idea. 
the Starkware thing today, I think actually I, I heard some cool projects coming out of that. So I'm kind of interested to hear, go like watch some of the talks from that. Um, I think it's a hackathon, isn't it? It's a hackathon. Plus people are like kind of giving talks, talks on stuff. So, and it, it's like, um, I feel like the interesting thing, and, and I think you kind of pointed this out too. And I was like, we went from maybe like ZK events being mainly like, Hey, here's a paper for like a new <laughs> thing that I've worked on. And like, hopefully we find investors and or engineers who want to build it to like, hey, actually we're building this thing on top of something. Uh, so, you know, that change, I think, I'm not sure exactly what precipitated it. You know, things things I've seen that I thought were interesting were like people who made tools for using a lot of kind of not so fun ZK software, like IDs for Circom, which, you know, a, a couple of years ago, people would just be like, well, why aren't you hand wiring circuits? I think I literally remember once like talking to Howard and he was like Howard from Familio, like it just like 2018 or 19. He's like, yeah, you know, like I, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why people complain so much. Like everyone could just like write the circuits manually. Like, why, why do you need like, tools to do it? Why don't you just write the polynomial constraints by hand? It's right, fine. Right, right, right. So I think it's like interesting it. to see that, Hey, people are like building dev tools for ZK stuff. Like that actually wasn't, I don't think people gave a shit as much about that before. Okay. What about you? Uh, so I went to the layer two, like the L2 beat, uh, conference and, uh, ZK summit, which I thought was the best. That was probably the best produced event that I've been to. He has to say that. No, no. I, th I think he was paid to say that. <laughs> Independent. Give, give I was not paid to say that. <laughs> and actually it's true. It's, uh, it's actually I, the only sad. reason I'm actually on this episode is to say that, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but that, that was super cool because the venue was excellent. The food was excellent. And I thought the talks were really good. I liked uh, Pratusha's talk on delegated um, proving. And my teammate Jacob's talk was awesome. Wow, and you didn't come to my talk? Much. I'm just disappointed in you. So I think it conflicted with something. Or Actually, no, it's good you didn't come to my talk. Actually, it's probably for the better, for your health, yeah, more yeah, generally yeah. speaking. <laughs> so. so so Guillermo's, I'm sure, was excellent. I, uh, <laughs> it, it either conflicted with uh, with a Polygon talk or with the time that I spent on an Adirondack chair, like sleeping fully in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. So you were sleeping in my talk. I get it. Exactly. I, no, I understand. That's exactly. fine. I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. What struck out to me from layer two, and, and this might be kind of controversial, was how I think expectations were being dialed back a little bit in terms of roadmaps. And I, I think like, you know, a necessary dose of realism uh, <laughs> was was like refreshing to see. So, Are you talking about the L2 beat that? Yeah, yeah. And you mean like everyone had been saying we are, we are about to enter this like full roll up world. And it's actually, mm. cause I didn't, I wasn't there. So maybe you can yeah, say more. Yeah. So I think at least, um, some of the ZK teams were sort of candid about things taking a little bit longer than they'd anticipated. And yeah, I mean, nothing obviously against those teams, but I, I think it was good to like be realistic about when things are coming up. Guillermo. Oh, um, yeah. What events was I, I guess I was mostly just at ZK Summit and the Celestia event, which I actually don't even know the official title of. Modular Summit. Modular Summit. There we go. That's the name. Which I think I found out I was speaking to that, speaking at that one or in some panel or something because of a tweet thread like <laughs> so that I was tagged in. Everyone called you Tarun's alt? Yeah, yeah, that's they were right. like, how right. is Tarun and Tarun's alt speaking on the same panel? That, that's right, yeah. And and I had no idea I was speaking. And, I, you know, afterwards I was told like, oh, yeah, I was on this Telegram group with like 150 messages. I'm like, I'm... Sorry, guys. I didn't mean it. I promise. Um, and then afterwards, yeah. So those are the two. 
So the Endos uh, were on the same day. They were so on the you same went day. To two on the same day. That's right. The reason Tarun couldn't come is because they were on the same day. I, you know, I really struck it out. I actually went in to both and heroically showed up approximately like 20 minutes late to the other one and ran on stage. Oh, and really? Everyone, I didn't know that. I ran oh, on stage. Well, honestly, though, it could have been a little more dramatic. I know. <laughs> I, I, you, you, you I was waiting kinda, for the background you were music. Like, yeah, you were kind of like not rockying it. I but, know. You know you, oh, you were supposed to. What did you do? He was supposed to rocky on? and he just kind of like. I just kind of like hobbled on. He like you know, jogged fine. like a 50 year old man hey! like in a neighborhood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in a neighborhood in the suburbs. You, you, wow. You, you could have done like some crowd work. Like if you oh, I could have gotten everyone. Yeah, you, you should have done that. <laughs> I should have like, gone exactly, around clapping, exactly. been like, yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I was I was worried. Well, I was first of all hoping there was gonna be some background music while I was hopping on. That would have been ideal, but I didn't get any of that. Also, I, I feel like that day you had told me you were pretty tired too. Like that was a rough day. I was like, I literally, I don't remember actually my ZK Summit talk wow. at all. Like I just like have no idea what happened. My brain is. It was really good. All good. Was it actually? Yes. There's recording. Are you are you it's... saying that just because you're on this podcast? You know, <laughs> I think that's the only reason you're on this podcast because you have to, you know, to say that, or you must say that. I must just by say law. That. You brought me on this podcast. That's right. That's so right. That I said. So that. That you said that. only that. Very good. No, I think I think we're good. Okay. Okay. You right, were good. Oh, thanks. You, right. It was I... really great, and people can actually now see it. I mean, it's already. On the live stream, we're gonna have videos soon. So. Oh, that's right, because you're like cropping them to the yeah. individual things. Yeah, anyways. I don't think you need to worry. You also, okay. you had a few people in the audience who like, I, I could tell there was like a language that you were speaking to them about oh, some yeah. kind of theorists. Oh yeah, the, and, the like, measure there theorists. There was a few people going like, yeah, he knows what he's saying, <laughs> but it was very niche. No, 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 Gear, no, no, the, the, the background on this is Guillermo loves shitting on this one particular type of math. <laughs> there's, there's a couple types of mathematicians that he, he, he Guillermo likes a like smoother version of the world than is, exists. And so one, of, one, 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 one of the ways of doing that is oh, to no. shit on people who have, uh, who have somewhat complicated mathematical theories that in practice you don't actually, you know, you might be computing something that is related to this, but you actually never use the theory. But like, if you go talk to like a math person, they're like, no, 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 this is obviously the thing you're doing in production. Like you're obviously yeah. computing a little big integral. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> like none, none of this actually matters. Right, right, right. So, but, but yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, it does it's... matter. Filtrations matter, man. They, they do oh, not. What, what kind of math was that? It's called measure theory. I mean, and, and ah. I, I, I should be very careful because I, I suspect that there's a non-zero number of people who are going to listen to this and be like, oh my God, like <laughs> this dude is either absolutely insane or, which is true, I guess that's fair. Um, but, but secondarily, like has no idea what he's talking about. No, I promise I've studied measure theory. It's, it's unfortunate for everyone involved. I'm sorry if you have as well. I would not recommend it. I love measure theory. I know. That's exactly why I would not recommend it. I mean, imagine the kind of people that study it is like Tarun. So I don't well, know if it's you'd just ever like, want to do that. So, so there's a lot of very well-known paradoxes in like the formalism <laughs> and formal logic of math where like math is like not consistent in a lot of ways. Like the kind of basic rules of like how you count the natural numbers or proofs about no the natural numbers uh, don't work. And one of the most interesting set of these counterexamples that like say that like, Hey, one plus one might not equal two in like all scenarios that you might care about is usually these examples for measure theory. And so like logicians really care about this stuff. Um, most people who are practitioners who like care about something like in the real world don't, but if you care about like the foundations of math, like just is, can math be logically consistent from like a philosophy standpoint, not like a practitioner's standpoint. Yeah, you know, this is this is actually I, like a very interesting form of 
I still don't know what you're talking about. I think Monoktarsky, the fact that you can decompose a sphere into four spheres makes perfect sense. 100% makes sense. But, but, just... but, but these, these logical paradoxes teach you about the limits of your abstraction. So like that's a, that's a worthwhile that's a worthwhile endeavor, like it's, philosophy. Like it's not like you're thinking of it from the perspective of like, can I, can I put it in a Turing machine? Like who, that's not the point. The point is like the epistemological foundations of like a lot of stuff that we talk about has to yeah. somehow be consistent, but it's not. And the, these counterexamples are worth understanding for no, understanding I, reality. I completely agree. I completely, like, I, I'm not saying, I, I, the, the term I have for this is, uh, I believe, mental masturbation. I'm not saying that that's, a, that's necessarily a bad thing. It's a worthwhile endeavor. We, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, at some point, we were just talking about math as art or something. But, you know, like, I, it's great. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, if someone tells you Banaktarsky and Prod, you should run away immediately or even measure well, sure, 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 sure. If, if we start talking about ZFC, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, this is why I didn't mention any of the set theory axioms. I just like went straight to like epistemology and philosophical oh, no. arguments directly. But I, I, I think, I think like the, 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 the mental masturbation aspect of it is, you know, why do people like reading fiction? They like this, this like true. imaginary notion, like the notions of like, I have some core abstractions, I can build up these complicated things and I can run into conflicts, dilemmas that I would maybe myself never run into. And for mathematicians, this is the same thing. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like even in crypto, people like thinking about things that are imaginary, like, like developing apps for Cardano. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I guess, uh, wow, what a spicy take. Maybe, shall we let our <laughs> listeners know what we're drinking right now? Or shall we not? <laughs> I, we could leave it, we'd leave it as a, as a surprise okay, at the end of the okay. episode. I don't, I don't think it's going to be that surprising. It's, I mean, given spicy. our current okay. state of being, but you know. All right. <laughs> well, actually a kind of related question to this, which oh, is no. a debate I had with this old coworker of mine who like, I, I guess maybe you actually, Deep no, learning? I think you worked with him. Was was uh, is my my friend who who works on sort of like building these like human level performance game bots at Facebook and DeepMind, and like the things that like beat humans at like StarCraft or Go or whatever. And he's been working on this game called Diplomacy, which is like <laughs> huh. which is like a really annoying like it's one of these games where like you collude with other people playing by like sending them text messages. So like you're you're you know the the game is like you want to like kind of like control all the property in this like virtual world but you can't do it on your own and you have to like form these allegiances and then betray people at certain times it's a form of like game where it's like it looks like a go board or stratego but because of the spoken language thing the state space of the game is way bigger mm -hmm. because people can suddenly collude and like when they collude they like change like how many moves are actually accessible oh, wow. to the different types of users wow. stuff like that so like it, it, real it, world so from a right from this kind of like hey do we how do we build automated mm -hmm. bots that can beat humans at this but also like predicting collusions all yes, these things all the mechanics within it too right and, and a lot of it a lot of the success of like being able to beat the humans comes from these like large language models like mm -hmm. gpt3 style stuff and the problem with that, like, I, we were just having this argument at this bar in, in New York, and I was, like, obviously, like, <laughs> drunkenly yelling. I was just like, like, the as, reason, as usually are, the reason you, you he, he was just like, ah, like, we don't have theory for this, but, like, just make it bigger. Like, just make the model bigger. I, I don't really give a shit why it works. And, and like, we were just, we had this, like, interesting kind of philosophical argument between, of, like, the difference between, like, AI and crypto, where, like, in crypto, because you actually care about the adversarial behavior existing against your model you're not just like oh i i don't care if my model is like good yeah. perfect in some sense um up to some like very very well controlled error you basically need 
a lot more mathematical formalism. Uh, and, and, you know, my friend was, he was just like, yeah, like who cares if we don't know the theory, if it works and it's like good enough, if it quacks like a duck, it looks, works like a duck, it looks like a duck, then like, it must be a duck. And I was just like, yeah, but like, do you have any sort of like, there's no epistemology for why this thing even behaved correctly. You're just like, okay, yeah, I was able to sort of predict that like Anna, when she plays diplomacy, talks a lot about sparkling water when she's trying to like <laughs> say that. She makes these like sparkling wine, you know, like, you know, those jokes that people write that are like X is sparkling. Oh, I y, love that joke. Except, That's my favorite yeah, you, joke in the world. Your meme template. Wait, what is, that is this my joke? I don't what? Know you, Have you never seen no, this? No, I, you, you explained one. Yeah. So the, the, the classic joke goes, uh, it's, uh, it's only a Frankenstein if it's from the Frankenstein region of France. Otherwise, it's just a sparkling oh, okay. monster. Yes, got it. yeah, that's, that's the classic. Right. And got so, it, got it. and then it's like it's like you know, yeah, sure, they're learning some pattern matching on this, but like you don't actually understand like why people are colluding or like the strategy that's actually being learned of the different players in the game. Um, and yes, it's it's effective, right? Like it somehow has worked, but yeah, you have absolutely no understanding how to transfer any of this knowledge, and you have to like basically increasingly just throw more and more <laughs> computation at it and like less and less like strat actual strategy. And so this I, is a game. This is a diplomacy game. And is the point of the game to show you that you're just throwing a lot of computation at it instead of being able to do this? Or is this more like, this is how this game, this is kind of the No, humans, have, humans have played this game for like almost a century. Oh, you mean di diplomacy, like yeah. the concept of diplomacy. No, 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 no. This is a game. The, oh, specific I game. Okay, specific I it's a game called Diplomacy. Okay, I, I don't and know. And it. it's like a board game that like can last like 20 hours. It's okay. like a really like intense <laughs> board game. And it can play up to like, I think eight players. And basically what happens is like in the middle of the game, people will start colluding with each other and they kind of can communicate with each other in certain ways. Uh, and so a lot of the game strategy is not just like the pieces on the board. Yeah, yeah. It's also like trying to figure out if like two players are actually one now or like if they're breaking wow. up. And that opens up the state space, right? Because like you, 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 as you're playing the game, you might have gone from eight real players to only two because there's two cartels. Of, yeah, yeah. Right. And so... That, that changes how you design, how you try to beat this versus like something that's a like go where it's, yeah, it's like sort of partial information, but it's actually really a, a game of complete information. It's just that like it's too big of a search space. So you're just trying to like not pretend it's incomplete and try to learn as much as you can from a small number of moves. Here it's actually incomplete because it depends on our spoken language. Like we're talking to each other and communicating and like that changes the, the kind of action space again. It's also quite imperfect too. And it's, right? very, imperfect. it's almost emotional, right? It's like you're going to collude. Right. That's, That's why right. I made this kind of bad joke about like, hey, maybe like you, when you like, you, you make a joke to someone when you're colluding with them, you like say the sparkling France region oh. joke. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was a little too. Yeah, I, I, I think there's That's there's a lot of references there that I may not have had. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, but but, but I, I get the reason I bring this up is like there there's some sort of notion of like. One of the reasons I like crypto, even though this is not a reason Guillermo does, clearly, is that <laughs> is that like I, I believe in like very strongly in the value of like a, the epistemological foundations of like whether you can reason about why something works. And you just in AI, we're just like completely just we went we started the early days of AI actually were really focused on that. Right. And we just threw it out of the water because we're just like, yeah, we're just going to throw more GPUs at it. We're just going to use the energy consumption of Kenya to just like, you know. <laughs> To tr train this diplomacy model, and right. it, but the, also not have any understanding of like why certain strategies work or or mm -hmm. the reasons for anything, and and that 
I think, uh, you know, one thing about crypto is I feel like I mean, it does actually try I think You the, think it does do it. So it crypto does do that. Does, so, like, okay. But this well, gets down to the, the one philosophy I have is, is you should care about epistemological foundations, including measure theory, which he has. Um, I mean, no, I care about measure theory. I like measure theory. It's a very pretty thing. It's just irrelevant in a lot of cases. But I, I think the big thing is that unlike cryptographers, right, like AI, machine learning, you know, none of this has had to deal with the fact that like North Korea is trying to like screw with your like system right like in order to do that you have to like they're the hackers yeah out. right like my point is you know crypto has this like daily attacks on it that's like crypto i mean cryptography generally although i suspect crypto as well but but you know like no one's gonna be like ah yes i'm gonna screw with your gpt3 model in order to like make you say something you didn't intend ha like whatever you're gonna do but, about but that people now people do do that for these image models no right? no people do do that and this is great i love 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 adversarial not adversarial learning but in fact like adversarial like yes someone examples. someone someone i do think actually we should get on this uh podcast is this guy who is um fuck i'm forgetting his name but he's uh he's <laughs> one of bonet's he's co-advised by bonet and someone in in the theoretical computer science department at stanford okay and he he has like his entire phd has been he, he actually did a bunch of like monero attacks in the beginning of his phd but the end of his phd was just like adversarially breaking like lots of um ai things and like trying to generate yep. like kind of treat it like a crypto problem uh, and then like destroying like the facial recognition thing mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. turning like hot dog into not hot dog. Yeah. You know? With like single stickers single, or single pixels yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. You and, can do that. Huh. Absolutely. And, and, and I think like, yeah. you know, the point is like, if you don't understand how your model works, you can never actually make it adversarial right. resistant. And that's just like, so I don't, I think that's like a fundamental truism of nature. And like, we haven't, well, some people might tell you not, that's not true. Right. They might just like be like, Oh, it's just fine. It's trained on the distribution of like generated samples of ever generated adversarial samples. And then afterwards retrain again until you reach a fixed point. You don't point. even know if you have the right distribution. I, I, I look, I'm <laughs> like, just, I'm just giving you the argument. I'm not saying I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, a lot of people got very rich from convincing people that like, that was all you needed to do to do <laughs> self-driving cars. So, like, I, I, I mean, yes. This we, is true, right. I, it has not happened yet. Though. Mm. So let, us, let, us, let the point be known that there's no self-driving cars, really. There are not many. like that. Right. And most of it is still like... SFA area, where it's so always beautiful and sunny, and there's no problem. Well, Phoenix, anything. really. Oh, yeah, well, that's just... Mm. Phoenix, apparently, really easy. No, no, no pedestrian traffic, because it's like a suburban city. So Fair even enough. though they had one accident, one person killed by a self-driving right. car there, so... It's all of heuristics, right? It's not like a this like single model that like knows how to drive a car. They're just like program oh, yeah. around edge cases and That's but right. the investor pitch decks. <laughs> it's all they AI, all say that it's you. that, right? Like and, and like this is why I like my my friends in AI. I feel like I'm just like philosophically drifting further and further away from them because of this like <laughs> this fact that like none of them seem to give a shit about the same. Or they're just like must just like throw more data at it and prod. It's fine. It'll eventually fix itself. <laughs> is there a moment where these two fields merge enough that like the attack surface is attractive so that it could be like adversarial. Oh, I really hope so. That would be interesting. That you actually like have to be serious. Well, I think maybe a good question is like what types of applications of AI do you think that would happen? Like right. the nation states fucking with facial detection so that someone else can't detect their spy is like a simple, one. I'm sure right. that look, given how many papers have been written on this in the last five years, of machine learning literature, I would not be surprised if, like, there is some nation state that's tried to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It like that's the easiest low hanging fruit, but like you could imagine any number of other things, right? Like you could imagine like more complicated systems where you just like by putting in just the right input, like congratulations, you're like now in, or like you do like more interesting things, like 
just end up being wrong at a structural level that are really hard to notice until like way later. Yeah. And one of the problems I think like philosophically between something like classical optimal control, which is like what's used to do autopilot in planes where you do have, you do have air quite weird, but you know, quite strict guarantees about what it does versus like the self-driving car doing reinforcement learning and like <laughs> trying to like teach itself from its mistakes is like, you don't have any guarantees in the latter case. Uh, and in some ways, like, I, I just like think people kind of underestimate the more and more we have the internet of shit. I mean, the internet of things, uh, <laughs> the more, the more, uh, more and more of these like it's a great ML attacks that will happen. And the more that maybe crypto and AI have like, but it's going to be AI having to like eat some humble pie. I really first. hope Andre does not listen to this podcast. Uh, or which Andre Tesla. Oh, <laughs> I mean, come on. The dude wrote a, fucking blog post of writing a bitcoin note as if he's like oh, paying yeah. attention to anything new in cryptography oh <laughs> very recently too that's right yeah, yeah. Okay. Was recent. finish him <laughs> no, no he's he's like he, you know he's like he's kind of like he's he, really fucking smart though he's like the guillermo of the 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 self-driving car revolution i can't tell whether this is an <laughs> offensive statement or a really flattering one i, I actually I think it was both <laughs> hey well, thank you, but hey. <laughs> I, I am now wondering, though, what is the overlap like of the AI community? Like You were talking about like your AI friends. Yeah. Have some of them moved over? No, a lot of them just are, view me as the weird like guy in crypto. <laughs> who, who like has NFTs. <laughs> yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. You're like, uh, you're, you're creating systems to attempt to topple governments yourself personally. Burning well, they all, all still the kind of energy. only think of it in terms of this like whatever Bitcoin maximalism. Oh, like, God. Said, like everything about like escaping a country and stuff like that. That. Oh no! But I do think they've like started to appreciate stable coins. Like so, for instance, like my mom has started sending stable coins. Uh, I'm bucketing my mom in this because, like, you know, that she she's like statistician and she's more of like she classical. AI. No, but she's like okay. classical statistics, like you know, clinical trial stuff. Yeah, my mom sends me stable coin stuff, but for a very different reason. Well, not. your mom's a DJ. Yeah, that's true. Like, Guillermo's mom is like farming alongside of the big Which dogs. Which Anon is she then? I have oh no idea. She has God. not told me. I, I did. I, I did get the privilege of finally meeting her recently at Dear <laughs> graduation, and she thought I wasn't real. So it's like it's the same as the alt thing where people. Think she really I'm, did. Yes, for the whole for like the longest time. He keeps talking about this fictional character called True. That's this joke. He's telling him to do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's this joke. It's like it's it's definitely like Tarun's not real. Like every time we're gonna meet him like he just somehow dips the last at the last second so he like obviously can't be real even my girlfriend was thinking this too and she was <laughs> like are you serious like like i've seen pictures but like clearly probably yeah. a paid actor so wow that's such a flip on the twitter narrative i right know now. it's exactly the opposite <laughs> exactly shockingly. irl on twitter not the same who would have thunk right. i mean and then and then you <laughs> who you, is who's out yeah. right and then you ate her arepas actually that sounds weird but i literally do mean like venezuelan arepas like yes, you know we're great. just for my uh her Guillermo's mom's food you gotta eat it all right there you go confirmation you know, shout from, out. there you go but uh, i guess one thing that maybe the zk stuff i think in general maybe and i don't know if you guys i'm curious of like whether you think this will be the way that ai and crypto actually merge <laughs> is that there's just like a lot more complicated applications that are sort of closer to not not the complexity of like a gpt3 style model but like simpler ai models that i think we're going to start seeing people make zk proofs of validity for so like one way of saying hey, this AI model was not manipulated by some adversarial example, Neat. is it was like trained on like these particular data set and you can verify, here's a proof of the data set, here's a proof of like the training model, the inference. So one of the cooler examples this I saw was 
this uh, topology, which is like yeah, this like I've Starkware game engine. Disclosure, tiny investor, but uh, <laughs> but uh, they made a, a neural net on Starkware that only inference, so like it, it, you had to train it elsewhere, but it would like generate a proof that of like given a set of input data points that like it generated the right data point, and like you know in crypto that amount of computation they're doing like pretty dense matrix mul matrix multiplies, like the matrix sizes were like you know a thousand by thousand, like it was something that like you could never even imagine doing on a public chain right now. And somehow the, there's also this w future world where the ZK stuff enables these adversarial things to mm -hmm. somehow be more transparent. And like that, I don't know who in the world is thinking about that, but like there's got to be some genius somewhere in Russia, like thinking about, or like maybe just left Russia thinking about. Uh, I, I know of one. I think uh, WorldCoin is looking at uh, doing. Oh, uh, that's a good point, actually. Like on the, so on hardware. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm, and I was like, I'm no. WorldCoin, yeah, I, I love Remco though. Yeah, very yeah, smart. I like Remco too. Yeah, okay. although we had a weird Twitter thing with uh, what is it on like, Remez? On Remez, yeah. that's right. That's but, right. That's right. But but anyway, I, I guess my point is, I I think like I hope that maybe maybe if I actually make it to the zk summit and Anna lets me give a talk, <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually gonna try to do a talk of like zero knowledge proof for AI people and like so try good. to give these like examples because I I actually think like. There is a lot of potential overlap if the ZK stuff gets to the point that you can like help enforce some like, hey, adversaries mm. didn't do more than X. Well, but that also yields really funny things, right? Where if you have an adversarial example for a fixed network, you could just put it in and have like a very nice little proof that says, I computed it right, I promise, which you did. Well, the key, now, the key, the key though, let's say, let's say you're doing If you have a robust algorithm, yeah, fine. yeah, yeah, okay, okay, fine. Robust training. We, we are, we are pre. Yeah, like assuming that. Okay, we're, yeah, fine. we're we're assuming. Like, here's one one example that like um I have this you know I have this friend who does um like research that I find very like it's never gonna it kind of is always gonna be an Ouroboros in some sense, <laughs> but like sort of like ethics and AI and like how do you reduce bias stuff because it's actually quite hard to do. But imagine yeah. if you could actually say like I trained this algorithm on this data set. Here's a public data set, and here's a proof that I did not edit the weights. And I did not retrain or augment any of it. And like you can see that, yeah. like, hey, like this is the sample has this much diversity or, or of, of like you know population sampling, right? And like that way, you can publicly verify that hey, it's not biased in some way. And somehow, like the ethics and AI people aren't super technical, don't know a lot about crypto, and so they don't think about this type of stuff. It's the same for like a lot of adversarial learning people. And someday there will be that. A different type of the merge. I want to go back Burn to I want to go back to the, the topology one. Like the thing is with that example that you were giving, were you when it says like is the validity proof like the this idea of like using validity is it in the protocol itself or is it just the fact that it's on a zk rollup? The fact that it's no validity like yeah, the contract actually does generate a proof right. of each constraint on like each matrix on each multiply fuse multiply add tech. Okay. I mean, they so, also did like integrators on chain and stuff, right? Like yeah. RK four, like Rungjikata like they're four. definitely like of all the zk. It's kind of crazy. They're like the only ones where I'm like, wow, you're really trying to do something that's going to take ten years because like <laughs> it's like you're, big you know, vision. It's like kind of crazy it to try to like cool, do though. a full game engine this way, but yeah. like. If you can do that, then like this AI type of stuff is going to be similar. Yeah. It's going to have a similar. So there's like a whole world of these things people don't think about. And I guess the open-end episode is a good time to pose that question. Yeah, that's good. If you have a plan for that talk, 
I'm so down. I mean, I'd probably do it with my friend. I'd basically yeah. be like, the, he's a skeptic, and I'd try to like basically bring him and be like, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna show have, you some stuff, kid. We're gonna, no, 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 we're gonna have a dual, <laughs> a dual talk. We're gonna have oh, like oh, okay, the like okay. I present the crypto side, he presents the AI side, and it's like one of those like thesis antithesis synthesis right. type yeah. of talks. And like he does, a fr- I do the first thing, he does the second thing, and then we kind of merge. And so like, where could they merge? You have not been drinking enough mezcal to not be able to say antithesis yet. <laughs> Antithesis. Oh shit! I already. I oh, you gave it away! Damn, damn it! <laughs> well, if, if people oh. are listening, we'll know that. Okay. There you go. <laughs> are there any other types of technologies you guys are like? Oh, I wish like crypto intersected. That was exactly the question I was Ooh. just about to ask you. I kid you not. You just literally. Spicy. We just had like a like. I was about to say. I was. What I was going to say is like. I know this episode is about us being in Amsterdam, but are there any other fields basically that we should be having adversarial models in? Like, why aren't we using a lot of this stuff? Is it like, and you go to AI because it's like so super technical, a lot of data, it's very exciting. Also, influences like everyone on Earth's life now at this point. Oh, yeah. But are there in a weird way? It's terrifying. Internet of shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it told me, and I have no idea to the veracity story. But apparently, like Autoland on planes now actually uses neural nets. I feel like the other, the all the other times, maybe the challenge is every time, every other time you're trying to like mix crypto with something, you end up with these sort of like, we're going to, Tokenize. Oh God! Look, Dentacoin existed. We know, we know Dentacoin existed. Legal existed. fees, <laughs> and it's just very boring. Dentacoin maximalist? Is that what you just said? No, Dentacoin. What even is Dentacoin? Oh, Dentacoin was a really bad ICO in the in 2017. That was like a legend. It was like the old times. Hit like a billion dollar market cap, and its entire entire pitch was was a coin for dentists to use. With each other, <laughs> didn't even have like a good pitch. Oh, wouldn't, no. wouldn't wouldn't that? So I'm I'm a I guess full disclosure like a crypto investment idiot. Um, but, yeah, but if you had something Cheers. like Denticoin that was just notorious, wouldn't it sort of make sense to just accumulate a large position? Oh, like like when, when it was at the bottom, because you know that people will always be talking about Denticoin. Oh, it might just be it. The next dog coin. <laughs> Why not? From dogs From to, to dentists. <laughs> I mean, I uh, I agree, yeah. but uh, it, it depends on whether you're an anon crypto investor this or is a not self-respecting, <laughs> or whether you're a self-respecting one. And you need, <laughs> just you, put it in your ENS. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I think uh, you know if we're thinking about other technologies or at least things in science. There's kind of this funny, weird thing where crypto and AI, maybe that's the reason they keep popping up and like you see really bad ICOs that don't really make any sense (laughs) around this is that they they have this, they both are are like the ultimate narrative storytelling, right? Like they both have these like different versions of the world. They're easy to tell a lot of people. There's been a lot of advancement. You can be like, ah, I can impact people's lives more directly. It was a point to specific things too, right? Like that ha- that have happened in these things in these right. fields, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Like you can you can point to some impact that like you know maybe not every person on Earth can see exactly what they're doing, but you're like okay, I kind of can get like a large portion portion of the planet's population to appreciate them, right? But one thing that's interesting is like adversarial models don't exist in in science in some ways. It's like <laughs> wow. exactly opposite. An adversarial and god just uh, fucking with your experiments. But I mean, yeah. that's honestly what, what is adversary in this case? Like, what would it look like? The peer even? review system the, is adversarial. Oh. Guillermo, Guillermo oh. can tell you lots this about this. Wait, could that be then? I mean, but you don't want to. You don't want. You don't want to be the. Like, de- do you want to tokenize it? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, oh, tokenizing. Gross. Peer you review. don't want to be the deci stuff. That oh. stuff is like half deci. <laughs> 
Decentralized science. There Ooh. you go. <laughs> Learn you a new thing every day. Is it cool? No. Okay. <laughs> but decentralized peer review or like having a way of paying people who do peer review somehow would maybe that might be, be interesting. Yeah, the question is, how do you align incentives? Well, well, actually, yeah, wait, 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 you tricky? as the only actual PhD in this room. Oh, God. I right? don't. You, you don't have one of you, right? Okay. You as the only actual PhD in this room. What? You should explain the problems and pitfalls of peer review, the pros and cons. Uh, you explain know. how it works, because like, people might not no, okay, know. Okay, that's right. Because that's right, yeah, in so, crypto, so, a lot of people never like publish their papers. They're just like, they just on, put an archive, put an archive or, or e-print. Like, e-print, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. So, so the peer review process is, you know, you submit a paper usually to some cranky old people who are... Uh, a tenured. conference, tenured, tenured, tenured or crankiness and tenure, tenure are very cl- correlated. That's right. That's right. Indeed. <laughs> and what happens usually is, you know, you get some pretty good comments back. So, so often, often people are actually quite nice and they're like, oh, this is good or interesting. And then every once in a while you get one reviewer who just absolutely shits on your paper and says, sorry, like it doesn't matter what you do, but like there's no way you could ever get this in because of like X or Y or Z reasons. This is not always true. Often people are generally nice, but th- the point is, you know, there's this weird system. Also, by the way, the, the fact that I'm going to go on a little side rant here is that peer review is the golden standard. Is it, It's a standard. It is a shit standard. And I'm not saying like there are like necessarily better standards mm. I can think of immediately, but it is a garbage standard. And everyone tells you like it's not a peer reviewed study. You should tell them like any number of things are not peer reviewed that are useful. Like jumping out of an airplane uh, probably causes death of high probability is a particularly useful thing that we have not peer reviewed. Well, well, an interesting thing is that like we've actually developed these kind of like meta adversarial things against peer, peer review, reviews, like yep. p like, p value hacking. So uh, it's beautiful. So so p values are just like under a lot of very stringent assumptions, a way of like measuring like, hey, like I did a hypothesis test that says. Um, is it possible for the opposite of my conclusion to be true? I still don't think most people can define what a p-value is. Who use p-values in their papers? That's, that's my hot take of the day. Actually, I agree with that. I agree with that. Actually, yeah. But 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 the idea of a p-value is it tells you sort of an estimation of the probability that your your prediction of your solution to the hypothesis is incorrect, mm. and people interpret it as a percentage. So if I say p equals five percent, that means that I have ninety five percent confidence. Uh, that the hypothesis is true. But the problem is yeah. the no- definition of a p-value assumes a certain model for how you generate the data, how you actually compute what the error probability is. It's just central limit theorem, dude. It's just like, it's obviously a Gaussian. Everything's so everything, everything is CLT. Independent, independent, independent ID, CLT. Humans exist because all their molecules are independent. Are independent. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, I think... That's a good one. Here, here's a small question. Has anyone explored like peer reviewing the peer reviewers? Like, has there been an evaluation technique so on peer reviewers the ever answer a- attempted? Is, uh, maybe Sometimes. not evaluation on peer reviewers, but often like open peer review is a thing that happens, for example, in AI a lot, right? Oh. Where you peer reviewers, like when they post their review. So you have to post your paper online, okay. publicly accessible for everyone to see. And reviewers have to post their reviews online, also Ooh, publicly accessible, even though they are pseudonymous. Oh, so they do have an identity, but it's like, no, un- okay. the point is that you can't. Often you can't track what it is. Do they get thumbs up, thumbs down? Roughly, yeah. You get some score. The wisdom of the crowd? Oh, yeah. The crowd is allowed. Don't you worry worry about that a little bit? Yes. Because then that's gameable. That's just hilarious. You hire a bunch of bots. This is exactly why, like, there has to be some weird solution that maybe it's not, like, crypto itself. Tokenize it. (laughs) Tokenize it. There you go. (laughs) That's a terrible idea. Nailed it. But we should make the jingle. Oh, no. It'll just come in (laughs) once in a while. I have a sound effect. I think think the the, the craziest thing about peer review is it it reminds, it's, it's, um, 
you know, there's a lot of like labor abuse that exists in a lot of like established, very like high garbage um, fields. Sorry, high, I didn't say that. No, no, high. No, no, not that. I, I mean, more like high sort of like societal value fields, even though they might not be like a large part of the economy. So like in fashion, in music, oh. in like art. There's like tons of unpaid internship intern. I'm putting air quotes on it. Like there's all these unpaid jobs and people are, or like people even pay for them in some cases. And they basically effectively are jobs where it's like, Hey, I get to say I like status work. It's a mm-hmm. status thing, right? Right. You're paid in status. But right. the weird thing is usually that happens to people early in their career. Yeah. The peer review system yep. is actually kind of the opposite. People later in their career don't get paid to review all these papers for free. And then Elsevier status. and publishers are the ones who sell it back to the university. Yep. So, Wait, is it status there, though? Are they status peer reviewing? Why do they do uh, it? In part. I do think, they have to? Well, no, no, no. no. There's mm-hmm. a collusion effect. You actually want other people to basically be saying that like, your papers are good. And there's kind of like a like. Ev- Wait, are you saying like you be, right, you don't become a peer rev- reviewer? By because- reviewing, you're able to like express your preferences not necessarily uh, objective okay. and about by what doing you about your own papers like no, yeah, you might you, you might say things like hey cite me right in right, a peer right. review people That's say right. that all the time but do you get to shape the narrative in a weird way do you yes. get to yes. direct yeah, yeah. ideas towards yes. your ideas well, you're, you're like also a producer. Say, it's like the difference between producer and director in a movie Whoa. that's right but you also get to Wait, say but, yes and or they no are the right producer I think they're kind of the producer. Right. Okay. Like, yeah, they don't create the the art. Yeah. They don't create the work. Yeah, that's right. But exactly. they, that's right. they're like, I want you to this give it like a this little bit more superhero. It, for yeah. this Whatever. conference, the 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 sort of um, essence of this conference is X, and this paper does not meet the essence of this. Right, right. right. Well, what does the fucking essence of the conference mean? Well, it's like whatever that reviewer thinks. Wants. But, but also, and I mean, whatever their work may represent. Right, exactly. Yeah. You also get to do it via like kind of quasi censorship effect, right? Like you also get to vote down on papers that you don't think should make it, independent of like. There might be many reasons why this is true. Of course, many papers are usually garbage, mm. even those that are published. But generally speaking, right? Like there is a censorship idea of like someone tries to publish something that you kind of don't think is interesting or doesn't fit the narrative, even though it might be interesting in like a very general sense. But like, of course, we only have our own weird subjective things. Right. And you just get to like downvote it and be like, sorry, actually, uh, this is not that interesting at the end of the day, even though it might be a very interesting topic. And, and again, this it's is always true. That there's like these voting, you're voting, there's yeah, scores, yeah, there's, there's, there's a numerary, recall, there's something. This is why a lot of the crypto stuff somehow should intersect here yeah. and that's, also that's get rid of a lot of the labor abuse. Because like, right. in my mind, there's this huge labor abuse going on. Yep, that yes, it's for status, but also someone is making money off this, right? And it's right. fucking crazy it? when you're a professor at a university, you're reviewing, and then you go to a publisher like Elsevier or Nature or Science, and then the publisher is the one who's like, hey, give us reviews for free. Yep. And then the publisher sells that back to your institution. Yep. Like that is the ultimate scam. Like, like they're taking free labor, and it's all based on the brand of the journal and the impact factor and mm. some fucking metrics that are Although, gamed. I mean, okay, one, are they making a sh- a lot? Yes, of money? their margins are like they're like over fifty percent. Eighty percent. Yeah. Okay. Right. There you go. Eighty percent. As I mean, it's not like right. they're not like big growing businesses, but they're like ten yeah. billion dollar businesses. They're like stable. Yeah, who have, Raya businesses maybe. who have tons like, of free, very high skilled labor. In fact, the like medium skilled labor, the ones who are like distributing in the sales and whatever, they're getting paid. They're but the, the highest skilled yes. labor isn't. It's the opposite of the art, music, who, who and who owns right? them though? Who they're are public th- companies? Oh, they're okay. They're huge public uh, companies. Are they? Is yeah, Elsevier. Yeah, we're in the Netherlands. Elsevier, oh, the shit, home you're right. of Elsevier. Actually, you're totally right. Journals. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, journals. There's so, these aggregation companies. Oh, but it's, it's not I like know aggregation nothing company. about this journal world. I, I mean, I know they exist. I know that, like... But, like, think of... Do you, do you get why the labor thing is, like, kind of an abusive labor thing, right? Like, it's like, why are the professors and grad students doing this for free? And then their yeah. institution is paying to buy back their labor. Their labor. And yeah. at the same time, like, right now, as you describe this, all I can think is... It's it's gonna go out the door. Like there's no oh, way this well, sort of, sort of. And and how annoyed will they be when that happens? But like the, the music AI, industry AI, in 1999. The interesting thing is AI and high energy physics and math have yep. basically moved off the journal system. They do everything in preprints. There are journals, but only when it's like really seminal. Like you know, Terence Tao proves mm. some weird kind of crazy. So wait, thing. who's on it then? Uh, well, no, no, everything is just done on the internet more publicly. Yeah. Uh, and then afterwards, fields. submitted to journals. And okay, then later, okay, okay. you submit. So, so, so you, get, you get internet review that. first. Oh, okay. You're but right. the only certain fields, like if you go to biology, it's like, no, no, no you didn't publish right. in nature. Like, what are you doing? Like, your career is shit. Like, it, it, there's, there's a lot of this status <laughs> game stuff that, like, you see in, like, art music finance but, or art music, um, sort of like. The crazy part, though, is it's not just the fashion. reviews, though. It's literally like the papers themselves are, like, essentially done for free, right? Like, like the, the a lot of the work that goes into not just like reviews but also the papers like just gets done for these like publishers for free and then they go and sell it back and I mean in a lot of cases in math and computer science and physics it's very very common to upload your preprints first so mm -hmm. it's always available publicly online but in some cases it's actually not like you will get sued if you like publish your papers online for free and then like try, try to publish to it like it. afterwards and stuff like wait you just said like a bunch of fields moved off it that's right how does that work then. They just started publishing on the internet. So Archive, yep. um, which is sort of the yeah. main preprint -pre archive, was created by uh, Paul Ginsberg, who is a physics professor um, at Cornell, yeah, uh, who famously, I remember um, when I was an undergrad there, he uh, they built a new physics building. And uh, he he's kind of a true, true hippie. Like, and he was like in his office, like, as he like passed out in his office and then like the police came and like, were like, oh, there's a homeless guy like sleeping. In <laughs> and then it was, yeah. So I remember that was like one of the funniest things that happened. This is like 2007 or eight or something. Oh God. Like, I was dying. That's really funny. <laughs> but um, he, he, he's an interesting character. And so like the idea was that a lot of high energy physics research, um, a little bit like AI uh, at that time, like obviously in a different scale, was stuff where there was stuff that was done in empirical stuff. So people at particle accelerators mm -hmm. were kind of writing technical reports on like things they saw that were sort of like the way Guillermo and I started writing papers. We just like post them online. We yeah. see what feedback is before we refine them. Yep. Um, people would just post those and they'd usually only share them within each accelerators like CERN, Particle CERN, Switzerland, they would have their own technical yeah, yeah. that's well, they had a mailing where, list. That's right, their mailing peer list. review because peers. Yeah, actually. peer. Yeah. But, it, it, but it's, it's huge, it's, right? It's sort of like push, not pull, or, or, or vice versa, pull, not push. Like you, you just post it and then if people review okay. it, it's if not it's like a thing where you're enough, forcing people to. People will yes, comment. Right. Exactly. Okay. And so then a bunch of the different particle accelerators, like, started realizing like, hey, we actually should be like sharing our technical reports. Yeah, they're not finished. But if we like shared some of that, we would like mm. probably save someone like some dead ends that they couldn't go to. And also catch early mistakes too a lot. Catch early, yeah. But I mean like the Stuff whatever like superluminal hmm. neutrinos and all this stuff, right? Right. Well, we were at a I mean, time, we were at a time, fair, time right. where like baryons were still not classified right, right, right. fully. So no, no, we're, we're, yeah, we're still, this, is like, this is jumping ahead on the timeline. Yeah, yeah, but my yeah, point yeah. is like this was caught before it like went out. I, I think people who are like at the boundary of theory and production, like people who are trying to take theory and like do really hard experiments to like validate really complicated theory, they oftentimes need 
it's not not true that like other fields don't have this but like for some reason that ends up being the space where people want to make these kind of like right very quick uh intellectual Mm -hmm. works that they share quickly rather than like have to go through the whole full peer review process and so that was where it started and that sort of was was sort of yeah the the formation the genesis of, of archive but then of course the most famous thing was Perelman, who's, who who won field medal and kind of went to go live in Siberia goat. and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah true goat, true goat, true goat. None of us are. Our none boy. Of us. Uh, he, uh, you know, he posted this proof of like this this very famous conjecture uh, on archive. Never, never got peer reviewed, and then it turned out it was right. And like he won this million dollar prize, and he hated he hated society for giving him a million dollars. So then he went to go live as a recluse with his mother in Siberia. That's right. I thought, I thought he was working on the Riemann. No, no, Poincaré conjecture. No, so I know that he proved the Poincaré yeah. conjecture, but I, I thought that people speculated that he hadn't actually like retired entirely from Oh, I'm that. sure he's not retired, but, but, but he like, hates institutions. Right. He basically yeah, yeah, yeah. was like, why does it matter that I am an academic institution if I publish something that was correct? And there's truth and there's both like good things and bad things. Institutions are a heuristic. They let you like assume a lot of things without having to like actually spend years figuring them out. At the same time, he has a good point of like there was like he he was able to kind of like do a lot of stuff on his own. So I, I but I don't know if he would be doing remount hypothesis because like his background is more in like Richie flows and like probability yeah, stuff, surgeries. measure theory, yeah, all the I'm shit sure. that like Guillermo hates. Hey, <laughs> no, it's true. It's like I, literally, okay. literally like I, I so. My say- one of my undergrad advisors like proved this measure theory inequality that was used in that paper, and like when I looked at the proof of that, I was like. This is all like in reality, like no fucking thing that's like really, you know, homotopy equivalent to three sphere would ever fucking look like this edge case. And that's like the Guillermo, like measure theory is useless thing. No, okay. Now I'm on the measure theory thing. I want to set the record straight. I don't hate measure theory. I actually find it quite beautiful, right? Like I have studied measure theory, stochastic, you know, whatever processes, stochastic differential equations, the whole thing, right? But like my point is what I'm pushing back against a lot, and I do this a lot is like in papers, it's very easy to go down a fucking rabbit hole of just like proving a bunch of shit that turns out to kind of be irrelevant and is really obvious if you know like basic real analysis or you know basic measure theory. But like reviewers will come back to you and be like, oh, but like how do you know this thing? It's like, dude, it's literally three lines. Like if you if you took an undergrad class in this thing, you would know I, what. I One place I will disagree with this is that, mm. you know, there, there's a lot of like counter examples that generally come up from you not stating the correct assumptions. No, no, but but like, Okay, okay. So being very clear here, in in our papers we we state the exact assumptions. <laughs> yeah, and we but say our, ours are not like real math. No, no, no papers. this is They're fine. This is like, very different, not like, right? Yeah. I mean, but, like actual like yeah, you know, sure, aesthetically sure, sure. pretty math is very different. I mean, different. like even <laughs> even whatever like the Jordan curve theorem, right, is really easy to prove in the case where you assume that everything is differentiable or like sure. point wise. I mean, it's a homework problem. That, but that no, 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 no. But it's not a homework problem now, uh, right? The general case is pretty hard. The general no, case no, no. Isn't, even, isn't even true guys, on like, guys, guys. courses. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Can, can I actually bring us back to peer review? Because <laughs> yeah. I was so sorry. down. Yeah. yeah. Guillermo, because, Guillermo like, just doesn't like me making fun of this. But this is actually something <laughs> I have personally faced in peer review where we're like, usually people are just like, oh, like you like didn't mention this complicated counterexample. And I usually am like, oh, yeah, you're right. Guillermo, on the other hand, is like, no, no, no. My definition should have restricted it so that you never had that fucking. That's right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but and no, that's a philosophical difference. No, no. Yeah. But my, my point is like, I. I don't, it's not that I don't think that people shouldn't be careful is that like, I think people should be extremely careful, but in the paper, it does not matter. 
Like you, if you knew the thing you needed, like if you knew the exact, for example, in one of our cases, we have something that like is technically not necessarily even like integrable in like a usual sense. It is like LeBeg integrable, but not like normal Riemann integrable. Oh, you mean the optimal fees paper? No. In the... I love that we've fed you this much mescal. Sorry. And you're arguing right going... now about a very specific a very... part. This no, is no, like, the, the, you, know, you, may have to, you may have to cut this because no, this no. is like so in the weeds. No, no, no. I know, I know. <laughs> We're going to leave it, oh, but no. I think I might bring us back. All because, right, all right, fine. Because actually... <laughs> It sounds like what you were actually proposing. I don't think we've proposed a solution. I think we've oh, to the proposed peer yeah. a problem. Right, right. I think right. we've said, Fine. "Hey, there's a problem." It's also, I mean, it's a problem for ZK papers as well. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a problem uh, we've actually run into. But no, I'm not going to say. Wait, 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 wait. But even even if he's not going to say one, I think the 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 Planck uh, yeah, exactly. bits thing is a really yeah. great example, right? Where like a mistake in the paper was never verified. Uh, until like later by a auditor this is trail of bits the recent yeah, thing yeah yeah, yeah. And, and like to some extent i remember when i first convinced guillermo that crypto wasn't a scam i was like hey like <laughs> you know what he's like what's the cool thing Wait, i was what? like yo th there's all these papers they use a lot of algebra so you're not gonna like it but it's like zero knowledge stuff <laughs> and he was just like yeah i can't even fucking verify any other fucking proofs like they they like I, their I standard of, yeah, their yeah. standard, oh, their standard yeah, of the, proof is e like weird even even the notation is <laughs> no no it's yeah, yeah yeah there's the whole the subscripts and superscripts and yeah. you know you have functions that depend on eight different yeah. things even though like seven of those are completely irrelevant yeah sorry anyways but but besides the point sorry because everyone just, likes to write out the proof as like they write out the full algorithm, algorithm. instead of like analyzing irrelevant. the components yeah, 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 yeah. which like it's like a cryptographer style th difference between like math people between normal people should, and you, cryptographers you, you should just uh teach one cryptographer einstein summation notation and then <laughs> oh that would it, it, it'll spread like a virus actually i, I think just, <laughs> I, I i don't think it would though because I, I, I feel like they like not. they don't like they like writing like five million okay my, my, my hottest take <laughs> is that i think teaching cryptographers like a normal linear algebra course but do like wonders for humanity where you don't actually have to write out the sums for 90 percent of these things you just yeah. define them as linear operators anyways I, I, sorry. An another 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 thing i think that's like kind of a, a stylistic difference you oftentimes see when you like read applied math papers from different fields is like some people like writing papers in a, a sense of like Oh, like here is actually the f most general possible oh, mathematical thing that like sort of correlates to this scenario. Even though like if I look at the set of all possible things you defined, less than one one millionth of a basis point of the possible things is actually like what the you things that you care about. And the other type of people are like people who define things too narrowly and they like are like it's too to my use case mm -hmm. and then like you can't use it somewhere else. And there's always this kind of trade-off in applied research of like, do I make the most general thing or do I make the specific thing? And you kind of like have to learn that in like some ways. And I just feel like ZK people haven't figured out their sweet spot for that. And right. AI people were the same. Like they, it took them a fucking long time. Do they time. have it? it? 20 years. I would, I would say they don't, but yeah. it's much better than it was in the 90s. No, this is, this is quite true. I, even, I wouldn't even say the early 2000s. I mean, some of like, look, you read a lot of the papers, like even random kitchen sinks, which is like a pretty simple paper. Yeah. was kind of illegible the original time around. I feel like there's two things happening here though. It's like one question here is like, how do we better peer review ZK papers. Well, well, this, and the other is question related. is, how do yes. we fix peer review? Sorry, this is how we... Like, we're, there are two topics we're talking about, Slowly but surely. Do we use ZKPs to fix peer review? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, you didn't have or, a shit post on this, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I wrote that making fun of the D side God. people, though, really. But like, it was a subtweet. <laughs> I don't think anyone really got it. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's fine. It's fine. I got it. Yeah, I know. Uh, you're good. all understood. Really, I was pretty. I think I retweeted the, it. Too. The, the, alt, the alt harem, That's alt right. cartel. Cheers to that. <laughs> alt cartel. Harem. <laughs> 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 um. I guess like the 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 main main thing of this these like stylistic differences, yeah. Though for things that have to be very precise, is which that, part are we talking about? By the way, we're talking about like ZK being peer reviewed, or well, we're well, about- well, we're getting back to that, but we're kind of talking about like this idea that like what is written in the paper, how do you actually verify the okay. proof is correct, right? And and like Guillermo's <laughs> philosophy is that. The implementation needs ha, is the actual proof, like if the implementation works, which is definitely true. Like that's the most true form. But there's also a sense in which the style in which things are written can also be adversarial to the reader, and then peer reviewers just go, "LGTM looks good to me." <laughs> Plus one, <laughs> lazy thumbs up. Uh, Here, like code review has the same problem. Like yeah, yeah. for the record. <laughs> and, and, and I think this like is actually really important because, especially in Fry, there's a lot of like sort of ambiguity and soundness and there's some conjectures and like I, I feel like there could have been more attention placed mm-hmm. on that if it was a little bit more clear that those existed and like how they functioned and real protocols and so and, and yeah. is this you finding this out because of like actually trying to implement it yeah yeah so yeah so so we rely on a soundness conjecture that has not been formally proven um i believe really? starkware does as well um but it, it's like it would be nice if there was if there were more attention and formal proofs but that, that last friend little, is annoyed that because last... we're just pouring more. He's he asked us at the beginning of this interview. Actually, do I have to? And the answer drink is yes. All of it. The and answer was always yes. Yes. Um, because uh, as of now, there is a bottle of mezcal that is officially <laughs> empty. Um, Very nice. Just to the listener, this is not the future of the CK podcast. <laughs> we will have normal CK podcast sure. episodes soon but this week it's a week of amsterdam and honestly there's a lot happening here um i I guess like one other thing that's like kind of interesting about this the trail of bits report is just that it kind of says like oh well the peer review for these zk things was this auditing firm deciding to like go read the implementation right right right. and so that's where i i think there's there's like kind of a notion of peer review that we haven't figured out push versus pull and it, 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 it's like the academic version of the world is push. Like you send a centralized authority, the journal, which mm-hmm. is some mm-hmm. institution mm-hmm. with some cultural definition for itself. Very much like NFT DAOs, but hopefully smarter, but not all. Usually they're still humans. <laughs> yeah, so they, it's too, too early. Ooh. Okay, go. Uh, and, then, and then usually then they, they are like, push, here's the, here are the papers to review. Here's what we think is cool. Here's whatever, the, like the, the program committee type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then people review and then you have the opposite, like the ZK world or the high energy physics world was like this before, where there was a lot more like pull. Like we just shove the shit online and like <laughs> people, it, the problem is it, in the 80s, there was no one else posting content on the Internet. So but in the case of an auditing firm doing it was were they hired to do an audit and then found it. Oh, were I think they? they were hired to do one of the audits and then they started doing the rest. And yeah, there's no was, way this is like uh just like, oh, we got hired to do this, and therefore we like went into this. It's got to, it's had to be like an internal thing, right? I don't know. I mean, I'm yeah, just curious. So, so I, I, I believe that they were hired. I, I think another wrinkle that's sort of interesting in this case is that this bug didn't exist everywhere. So certain Monero. teams had fixed it <laughs> because like the, 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 they spotted it. 
no, no. The tra- I think Trail of Bits spotted it, but but yeah. So so I I think there's like a deeper like maybe structural problem in zk where there's like not always that level of uh, collaboration and right, um, right. And so not I mean, made the, here. Yeah, yeah. And so I I think that's like interesting thing. I mean because, because like the bug was fairly like straightforward. It was just not including public inputs in Fiat Tremere. Um, oh, which interesting. Is like a pretty okay. like yeah. Basic. Oof. <laughs> but but actually, just a question on that. Like what you just said was like it wasn't the. I, I just asked like were was it that like some teams had implemented it and then found that problem and changed something, like well I, to I me think- the bug was in like some overarching like research paper that was implemented in the way it was supposed to be. But you just like like you just said like not everyone had the bug. I actually don't understand why. They didn't. Yeah, so so I think my understanding, I could be wrong, is that in the Planck paper, it wasn't uh, like it wasn't explicitly hashed into some uh, input mm-hmm. for Fiat Schmier and or it wasn't included as as part of the input, um, and that was true in both Bulletproofs and in Planck, but there were a number of teams that just knew to do that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah. This is what so my guess is. That's right? what I thought. It was Im- implementation. But why did, but well, did they not notice the problem? No, no, it's, no. It's no. Just, the problem is people just open the paper and these crypto papers are written as like, here's the algorithm. Ah, it's like yeah. God algorithm. Right, I but just it's not an exactly. exactly. I just, but I, I don't have to think about it because I assume the one in the paper is correct. There's, right. there's no, this, no, no, I get that. But I, what I don't get is like, why did somebody implement it correctly well, because, and oh. fix that because and people, not just not, not like disclose, but why like, why was that not communicated so, so, somehow? It's common that people have a lot of context when they read these papers, right? It's not like, in a lot of cases, right, the paper is supposed to represent like a fairly high level but reasonable idea of how one might implement this concretely, right? And in a lot of cases, like, if you have enough context on the paper, it's very obvious to you that this is a thing you have to do, but one might call it an implementation detail, right? Is it almost like because of who's actually making the changes, they're just not like super tapped into like the comms team? They're like, they're not going to be the people who are like, raising like i mean like why would you escalating it up they're just like we're gonna oh this kind of doesn't work i'm gonna fix it well like but then they don't it doesn't go higher that right like people who have like decided to use the paper they're not aware so in some sense like when you read the paper and you have enough context it's like almost an obvious thing right it's a thing you just read and you're like yeah i mean of course like they didn't do this check in the paper because it's like you know why would you do it you should already know to do it right but in general this is not true i mean as we found clearly right you know, if, if you just implement straight algorithms in the paper in the same way as if you implement like a lot of like random mathematical papers by just like reading the thing kind of front to back and being like, all right, here's what I need to do. Um, it's not immediately obvious that you have to do these like extra checks, these like even like in a lot of cases, you're doing kind of a lot of reductions down into like something that you can actually use. So it's um, I think it's a lot of contextual questions that are not easy to answer. This is this is a bit of a like left field, but like coming back to. Amsterdam, where we are right now. Oh, no. There were a few topics we had meant to talk about that we have not. Uh, because we've kind of run out of time. But and I we've think also the, had a whole bottle of mezcal. I also think the conversation we had was pretty amazing. But I am wondering, what are, in a short moment, like what are the takeaways from this week? What are the, the ideas? You had sort of said earlier on, like, idea-wise, you didn't feel like necessarily inspired, but like, what do you think are the topics, at least, that are being discussed right now or something that you're thinking about? Um, I think MEV Day, again, and not to, to, to harp on it being what I thought was a really great <laughs> event. Um, congratulations to Tina. 
uh, for yeah. also give yeah, her, I want to give her a shout out, like clap and shout out. Cause that was, Tina has been putting out events for a long time, just like you, Anna. And like, I feel like she had started by being renegade and ragtag and like, would like do these free events. And then what the fuck DeFi? Yes, exactly. What the fuck? And what they, was the other one? WTF. MEV. MEV, yeah. MEV. Yeah. So, so, so she like did these kind of like very grassroots so cool. events that like to see it grow to something yeah. is actually like I, I, I just like feel like as as her friend, I just feel like she like has clearly like built awesome. this institution around it. And also just like I did think they got a lot of interesting talks. I, I, I don't think anyone answered the question that I care about personally and Guillermo cares about. <laughs> Which is? Just like, how do you actually write down some type of like mathematical theory about MEV that like actually combines things that we know about? Like, I mean, as we found, it's a hard question to it's answer. It's a very hard to question be fair. to answer because there's some notion of like subjectivity of value, but there's also some yep. notion of like optimality when you have many parties, like defining the social welfare of like all the participants mm -hmm. is actually quite hard. It might actually be in some cases. And I think this is something I, I really kind of felt a lot from that MEV day is like the existence of MEV for a lot of chains actually is a good thing. It like drives volume there <laughs> and it actually has these like weird ironic effects of like, oh, volume increased because people are getting sandwiched. Oh, people add more liquidity because they're like, oh, there's more volume here. And oh, it like wow. has this weird like growth hacking bootstrap effect. Bad metrics, but are also you, interesting. Are you an ex what is it, accelerationist? As Dean kept saying. I am not per se. Um, I do think Dean had a very funny comment, which is like, I would never use a chain that I make money from. Oh, that is, that is actually, that was like, he's like, they're all centralized. <laughs> that was like a very harsh. Thing. That was actually, yeah, yeah. He's like, I will not mention them, Brittle. but you know. But then he just said BSC, like almost <laughs> like, the neck. He's like, there's 21 validators and 11 of them are owned yeah. by an exchange. No. <laughs> so it was like, he, he, like all, he, he actually said that on the episode we did with him. Oh, yeah. did he? Okay. That's yeah, all clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He I, mean, is, he loves, I think it's pretty straight. I feel like it's the MEV chain though. Like as far as I I know there's like several people on it and everyone is just like there just to make money but the, the it's not just that it's also just there's a lot of like retail usage in south america and asia oh that uses is there BSC. on bsc yeah i mean it, oh, it, shit. It, I it's like binance binance has extremely high I knew in asia, but I had no in south america Pen mm. so in Holy south america shit. busd is actually people basically do remittances by just sending busd between binance not accounts. ust <laughs> no, apparently because like most of them, their only gateway is like Binance. Binance oh, has a huge okay. penetration in South America. Wow! Holy shit! Um, I know, yeah. Not not Mex not Central America. No, no, no. no South like America, South, yeah. South, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. South, yeah, yeah. South uh, per se. Because like yeah, uh, sure. Bitso and stuff definitely own Mexico and, and that area. But it, it is it is is actually quite interesting that a lot of the capital inflows are basically Latin America and Asia, and the reason there's so oh, much BUSD wow. demand comes from from people who are basically using Binance as, right, their, right. as their bank in places You mean that you don't time. like uh, whatever 5,000% inflation in Venezuela? You know, there's there's better inflationary or uh, not inflationary tools Guillermo is Venezuelan, so he has firsthand experience <laughs> with uh, ohm-like inflation in that's stable right, coins. That's wow. right, that's right, that's right. And it did not have provable bounds on like uh, yes. our like, most recent paper or whatever, yes. you know? The thing that was interesting is like, I think one thing that has been kind of the narrative around MEV is generally like it's predatory, it's bad, it's whatever. Mm. But I, I, I think like there are conditions and like if you could understand the theory, you can actually understand a little more of like when it actually is useful for a network. It's Fair. not necessarily always bad, which I think maybe is like a contrarian thing to say, but it actually is useful for some, I'm not like in some cases it is extracting value from users, no doubt. 
But in some cases, it's actually like increasing liquidity for users. So like if the amount that's Fair taken enough. from them versus the like decrease in transaction costs is different, then yeah. like it actually can be positive. And listening to a lot of the people talking, especially the traders, I was actually like more surprised at like some of the things they're saying where, where like they they effectively increased their participation in certain networks because they were doing MEV on them, <laughs> which improves wow. user quality. And so, I mean, it certainly improves like with the pricing. bad comes the good. Right. right. So like, I just don't like this kind of like, you know, look, everyone, and yet, humans, I love, still put them in the category of bad. humans, mean, humans love false dichotomies. That's they right, love that's this right, idea right. of this binary classifier that you that's can right. just like always just you, you rely on as the ultimate heuristic. Mm. The worst one of the internet has produced is the word cell and shape rotator one. Oh, Wait, but no, you're Wait, not mentioning you this in this episode. No, what you're you not. Say? You are not bringing up the other Tarun in this episode. Uh, I'd say the worst binary uh, sort of classification dichotomy that humans oh, have no. is, is that have made on the oh, internet no. in this last year is the word cell versus shape rotator one. Oh. Which cell word, word cell. Word cell versus, versus shape rotator. Shape rotator. God That's help I us all. I cannot believe. <laughs> is, is Tarun in No, group? I don't worry. I'm not going to vibe camp. I'm sorry. Good, I'm good, sorry, good. everyone. You, Brooke. You promise, but, I, promise, uh, I promise I'm not in the Center for Applied Rationality. <laughs> well, I think it's everyone who is like ex-Center for Applied Rationality, right? Yeah. So... <laughs> I, I guess the, the point I, I, I want to kind of maybe put across is like MEV Day as a really interesting event, having worked in uh, high frequency trading before is like you would never have that type of conference mm. and people would never be that honest about kind yeah. of like what things. they do. And you would also not get the feeling that there were a lot of people there who are like, oh, yeah, like actually uh, there's some positives to it for certain networks. And certain types of applications do do better when you have that. And mm. as application and base protocol security start getting more intertwined, you we are going to inevitably see that like there's going to be good MEV and bad MEV, and right. and it's kind of going to be too much of a catch-all phrase that doesn't actually capture the nuance. Of the I did difference. I did actually notice just generally this week the use of the word MEV kind of constantly being confused. It's even like, ZK, like ZK and MEV both MEV, get used when they're not, they're like, like oh, supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, it's like MEV <laughs> equals sandwiching equal, right, right. and that's the only way, and it's always bad, and it's kind of ruthless. And then like someone's like, no, it's more complicated, and then it's complicated to actually describe so, so why I, it's right. more nuanced. My, and, my yeah, favorite kind of, you know, uh, of the like six or seven whatever panels I, I and talks I did, uh, the one that was <laughs> did not yeah, attended was on and moderated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, intense man. Was was one where um, Phil Diane was a moderator and he brought Eric Budish, who is uh, a famous academic from U Chicago, who invented this concept of the batch auction, which was supposed Ooh. to kind of destroy HFT and like, of course, we've it's turned out. It didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't, it in fact, like didn't work, but fully like, like, like I think the theory has a lot of merit, but one interesting thing I learned from this talk, you know, I've had a lot of respect for Budish's work. Uh, but interestingly, I learned Phil, first of all, was quite inspired by Budish and that's sort of how he got into thinking about flashbots because he was like, how do we make a batch auction for this stuff? Because of I know, I know, but like, look, look, that's just someone's life, their story. And so, and and so and then I basically was kind of we were on this panel and like it's very interesting because like you have me and Lev 
uh, and some and Felix from CalSwap. And the three of us are like way more in the weeds and like thinking about like the kind of transaction level details, technical details. And then we have like Phil, who's kind of like the philosopher king moderator. And then we have Eric Budish, who's like economist who like probably couldn't write code, like couldn't tell you anything about Ethereum transaction ordering to save his life. But he clearly had this kind of view that he's like, yes, this is going to like, we're going to like implement all my ideas. And then we had like, you know, Lev and me and and, and uh, Felix giving a lot of interesting counterexamples. And one thing that was very clear at the end of this was that like Budish left this thing thinking that like he came in thinking that like Flashbots was just his idea kind of like implemented and like it provided the same benefits. And I think he left feeling like, oh, fuck, actually, <laughs> actually, it's like more complicated. It's not always bad. Like, like there was like all these like. Interesting. And so that's kind of where I think sometimes the this like being able to kind of have the dialectic, ironically, given Dean, uh, the dialectic and multilectic <laughs> perspective on these things is actually extremely important. Fair enough. Cool. I think this may bring us to the end of our episode. I I, so. I feel like we could continue forever. If we're not careful, we might. We might. Absolutely. Alcohol dilates time. Yes. That's fair enough. Oh, but yes. it was wow. it was an yes. incredibly fun time. And I'm so glad we had this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much. And for even that. though we went a little off the ZK podcast track a little bit, <laughs> I think it's good. Why not? No, I think it's phenomenal. I also feel like isn't it isn't it time for this show to also like expand and evolve and allow for more spontaneity and more it's a spicy take yeah thank you miss gal <laughs> cheers to you Ms. anyways thank you guys for doing this interview yeah it thank was you. fun and it went completely off what we had planned but i think <laughs> it's better this way i think uh you know if you never actually gone drinks with me the number one thing you've hopefully learned from the episodes i love saying the word epistemology the more alcohol the more it's like more he drinks the, the more, more i drink i say like philosophy words and out. like kind of for better or worse so very nice <laughs> well thank you for having me it's been lovely uh you thank know. you for coming back and Brendan, thanks for coming on for this like very spontaneous Insane. interview yeah thanks Anna, for having me it was a lot of fun <laughs> we we uh in the process we did we did anoint the polygon polynomials which is which is good i heard that happened on twitter and now tarun i heard is real the head of marketing oh yeah apparently jd jd congratulations congratulations on your position tarun one tweet all it took all right i want to say thank you to the podcast team and to our listeners thanks for listening 